0: AT&T Fiber, live like a Gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited your availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters, I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hi there, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Christopher Hasiotis, subbing in this week for your host, Tracy V. Wilson. Today it's December 12th, and the Oaks Colliery exploded on this day in 1866. So, we're in Great Britain, and the Industrial Revolution has, well, revolutionized industry. Coal is fueling the boom, but to keep the machine of progress going, we've got to get that coal out of the ground. So, that brings us to the town of Barnsley. That's located in Yorkshire, Northern England, kind of halfway between Sheffield and Leeds. That's where we find the Oaks Colliery. Now, a colliery is a term used to describe both a coal mine itself and the the agglomeration of buildings, offices, and infrastructure around the mine. Basically, the whole complex. Now, prior to the arrival of the coal industry, Barnsley was known for its linen manufacturing, but the land was rich in coal and industrialists were keen to exploit the land's riches. The Barnsley coal seam ran deep below the surface of the ground, It was particularly prized because it contained numerous types of coal, which all formed way back in the Carboniferous period. So we're talking about 360 to 300 million years ago. Now miners sank the first shaft at the Oaks Colliery in 1830 and were able to extract hard coals, which are used in train engines and steamships, as well as soft coals that were mixed with other minerals to make coke, a fuel similar to charcoal. The three shafts at the Oaks Colliery were nearly 300 meters deep each. But over the decades, the colliery experienced several explosions and disasters. In the 1830s, for instance, dozens of boys working in the mine drowned when it flooded during a thunderstorm. In the 1840s, nearly 100 miners died in several explosions, and the oaks became regarded as one of the more dangerous places in the region to work. By the 1850s, workers were fed up, and hundreds of them went on strike for 10 weeks, claiming management was incompetent. But eventually the workers had to go back to work as they were at risk of starvation. That brings us to the morning of December 12th, 1866. Hundreds of people showed up to work that day. Christmas was just around the corner, so very few people skipped work, and they were eager to make money for the upcoming holiday. And in 1866, December the 12th fell on a Wednesday, and Wednesdays at the mine were the day workers could make up for past absenteeism. So with hundreds of people at work that day, you had hewers who would cut the coal out of the ground, and you had hurriers who moved the coal to the shaft bottom to be lifted to the top, There were men to drive the horses in the shaft, and young boys were called trappers. It was their job to open ventilation doors to allow wagons to pass through. But about 1.15 that day, right near the end of the day shift, a massive explosion tore through the mine. Jets of fire damp had ignited. Now, that's the name given flammable gases, which could have included methane at the time. The noise could be heard three miles away, and dust and soot traveled even further than that. Ventilation systems were damaged, and fresh air wasn't piped into the mine shafts for several minutes. Within 45 minutes of the explosion, rescuers were able to bring out nearly 20 men who had been working near the surface. They were all badly burned, and only six survived. Later that evening, so many volunteers had shown up to help with the rescue effort, people had to be turned away. Sadly, all the other workers deeper under the earth were killed. Would-be rescuers found the bodies of fathers and sons locked in a final embrace, and of horse cart drivers draped dead over their ponies. They had all died of suffocation, breathing the carbon dioxide of the mine. Rescue work continued throughout the night with a search for survivors, ending up a search only for bodies. The next morning, many rescuers evacuated for fear of another explosion. One man, Matthew Haig, who worked as a night deputy at the colliery, had survived an explosion there two decades prior and recognized the warning signs. By 9 a.m., the pit exploded again, though nearly 30 men were still below. A third explosion followed later that evening and on day three, rescuers found a man named Samuel Brown still alive. Brown wasn't one of the original workers, though. He was a rescuer who had gone down the day before. He was removed from the pit, and he was the last man found alive. The next several days saw 14 more minor explosions, and the decision was made to abandon rescue efforts and to fill the pits. All in all, the tally was estimated at over 360 people dead. It was the worst mining disaster in the world at the time, and remains the worst in an English coalfield history. An official inquest into the explosion was opened almost immediately, though the cause was never identified. The disaster helped spur some reforms in safety regulation, though mining remained dangerous for years. New research conducted in 2016 by volunteers with the Dern Valley Landscape Partnership puts the final tally of deaths at 383. Among the dead were boys as young as 10 years old. Today in the region, monuments exist to both those who were killed and the volunteer rescuers who lost their lives. Thanks to Casey Pegram and Chandler Mays for their audio work on this show. You can subscribe to this day in history class on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever else you like to find your podcasts. Come back tomorrow when we get to know one of the most famous world travelers in history. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment work.